Dan's Driving Double Feature presents 70s Friends of Frankenstein. That's 1970s Friends of Frankenstein, not 70 Friends of Frankenstein or 70-year-old Friends of Frankenstein. 70s Friends of Frankenstein. I should put some funky music or something in right there. This is episode 8. It's a minute-by-minute podcast covering 1973's Frankenstein 80, Italian, and Blackenstein, American home video version. And we are, at this moment, we're, we're starting with Frankenstein 80 and uh, followed by Blackenstein. So we left off Frankenstein 80. Dr. Schwartz, or Professor Schwartz, was talking to the young woman in the bed. And her brother was standing nearby. And she was saying she didn't feel bad at all. And um, presumably she needs an organ or something replaced because Dr. Schwartz has a serum that... Um, uh, uh, can keep organs um, from reject being rejected by the body. So Dr. Schwartz, I think, is about to announce that they may have the organs for her and they can operate shortly. Um, so let us listen to this. Why, that's first rate. Well, I've got some news for you. We found a donor. Professor, when? When can you do it? No, we have to. My assistants are here to prepare you. In no time at all, you'll be able to say you've never been sick. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes, it is. Uh, Mr. I wanted to tell you, the donor was just killed in a car accident. The wife has given me permission to take the heart. All the preoperative tests are nearly finished. I see. My sister is in your hands, Professor. The best. My poor hands can do a lot, but they can't perform miracles. Are you telling me there's a chance she might not survive the operation? Chances for your sister to live without the transplant are very few. So the man without the fingers, just the thumb, uh, was uh, tied into the. It, he wasn't just some random character uh, just thrown into the film. Uh, he he is a character. <laughs> who's important to the film because he has just died and his heart is going to be used to put into the sister who is who is has heart disease uh some such and um so while she's being prepped by those two guys who follow the doctor around uh, the doctor yeah has a little chat with the brother um who tells him what's going on and and the minute ends with him i mean you you can hear basically him saying like without the transplant she's got zero chance of surviving but um with it especially with the serum which he doesn't say here, and I'm sure he'll say in the next minute, I think things will be great. Um, I do like that they make a um, concentrated point of, well, we got to do it now. And I would imagine if the guy's just died, you, you would need the heart ASAP. But I do like that he's had time to take the brother into his office, sit him down, have a little chat with him. It, which kind of like, yeah, it needs to be done now, but now is... 10 minutes from now, 15 minutes from now, you know, and, um, I don't know, I, I think, um, I, 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 when I was young, I, I contemplated being a doctor, I contemplated being a lawyer, I contemplated being a manager of several banks, no, I've, um, uh, and I did, and I was actually, like, in a faux trial back in, like, 7th or 8th grade, um, with actually, like, a real lawyer assisting me, and um, I, I think I think the thing I like about being a doctor or a lawyer is the thought that in order to be that, in order to be that, you have to uh, 
um, know everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe not so much with the lawyer, um, but like with the doctor. Like, I, I just, I just love the concept. Like, if you're a doctor, like if someone's sick, you can kind of look at them and touch them here, touch them there, breathe. Mm, let me feel your heart. Mm, you have this, you know. And I, I love the fact of, like, like, a, like I'm a good um, auto mechanic. You know, it's like I'm sitting here going, what is this noise? Or electrician, I'm going, why is this screwing up? And the professional walks in and goes, oh, because of this and this. And I like that. And as, a, as someone who writes, as someone who for the past few years has done podcasts, um, you don't get much of that. I mean, I mean, I think the thing with writing is that everyone has written something. So there's no, there's no real feel when you're writing unless you're a extremely successful writer who's making millions at the top of the bestseller list there's no real feeling that um there's anything you're doing that someone else couldn't be doing you know it's like i wrote a book on 80s action films um just because i was the one who got to that you know the bleeding skull book on 80s horror movies you know we wrote that because we were the ones who we got the contract to do that you know the book uh, my next book on the henning verse which will hopefully be out within the next month or two um i'm still at the, as of this being recording i'm waiting for the the graphic designer has shown me some great stuff for the cover and so he has to mock up the cover and when that's good then just finalizing things but like the henning verse book is, is something i was always thought would be fun to do and now i've written it and i won't go too too detailed into it but but there's there's always sort of the thing with the um with writing nowadays is because so many people are doing it so many people are blogging and so many people are vlogging and other things that um um and this has always been the way like the good ones are the ones who make all the money and all the bank off of it and the rest are just like eh you know, congrats, you wrote a book, you know, there's nothing really too special about it, and which always makes me wish, like, I'd become a doctor, or something like that, because you're a doctor, you're a good doctor, there's just something about, like, you know, if someone collapses in a movie theater, they're not going to yell, is there a writer here, who possibly may have written a book involving something medical, no, they're going to yell for a doctor, you know, they, you know, unless there's some egregious grammar, problems in a movie or something they're not going to yell for a writer and there's always someone who knows grammar and stuff like that and the rules better than you do um so so it's interesting because i see i see the doctor here and he's i love i love how perky his voice his his face and his voice they, they really don't quite match but there's something about them that does match in it like when he when he says when he talks to the sister in the beginning and you get the close-up of his face um he seems kind of a joyful, boisterous guy. You know, he's clearly an older gentleman. He's probably been doing this for um, 25, 30 years. And so he just looks like he's he's, looking, he's kind of having fun doing it. Which, you know, like I, I would think at some point you would have to be. I mean, every day you can't be like, oh, another heart transplant. Oh, is this going to die or not? You have to have some fun with it after a while. You know, like I'm going to try making this kind of donut this morning. It failed yesterday, but I'm looking forward to trying it again today, you know. Even a chef, you know, being a chef, you know, and being able to know the way to combine the flavors and make the things. It's when I was young and I, I decided I want to be a writer back when I was in second grade. I thought I'm going to be the best writer there is. I've written so much, and some people like the stuff, but it'll never be. It'll never be huge. It'll never be big, and um, and there's something um. Or something kind of sad about that. Did I did I go the wrong route? 
I believed in myself and I still believe in myself when it comes to writing but I think the world has shown that a, a good doctor is going to get a good position and do well whereas a good writer doesn't necessarily in fact generally doesn't <laughs> um, always do well and so it's funny I sit like a doctor and I get a little jealous because I think if only I had tossed all the writing tossed the creative stuff and just done that then um, life would be different um, but I'm proud of what I've written and I'm proud of what I'm doing here and I'm proud that Dr. Schwartz has his serum and that I'd love to know more about the serum I think we'll find out more about it soon so let's go on to Blackenstein where do we leave off Black? Oh yes, Doctor Stein has had Malcolm bringing um, Winifred into his laboratory in his house up in the Hollywood Hills. Listen to this. Well, well, well. Doctor Stein, it's so good to see you again. My goodness, you look wonderful. How long has it been? Oh, I guess about. Three years, yes, because I've had my Ph.D. in physics now for two years. I've never forgotten a year and a half I spent studying under you. Malcolm, Dr. Walker is a former pupil of mine. How do you do, Malcolm? Fine, Dr. Walker. Well, what brings you to California? Well, I just arrived from New York. My fiancé was wounded in Vietnam, and the doctors there wrote and told me he was being transferred to the Veterans Hospital here. He was seriously wounded when a landmine went off under him. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I've decided to move here to be near him. I've got to help him in whatever way I can. In the theatrical, we're basically um, uh, just some seconds ahead of where we end off in this one, where they're about to have dinner. So, um, not 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 too much difference, but it, but in this minute, as you heard. Um, we get uh, Dr. Stein uh, meets up again with Winifred, Dr. Walker, who he hasn't seen in two, four years because she got her Ph.D. in physics. I like how she remembers she got her P That's right, I got a Ph.D. in physics. Ah, crap. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I found that, that, that really round blue pebble by the beach. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my Ph.D. in physics. Um, and Malcolm is there, and they're all standing around, and they're all a little awkward, and... Um, the, uh, Dr. Stein doesn't sound particularly, um, sympathetic when, oh, darn it, he stepped on a landmine? Oh, poopies. Oh, doodles, that's just the, oh, darn it, that'll happen. Ah, and, um, so, I mean, obviously we've got some big setup right there that, um, she's returned to see Dr. Stein, who she, um, worked with for a year and a half, she said, when she was a student, and, um, her, 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 uh, yeah, her fiancé has, has been mangled by a landmine, and it's being sent to uh, Los Angeles, and that may have something to do with the aforementioned in the title, Blackenstein, but we'll find out soon, so, yeah, this, um, yeah, we meet Malcolm, who says hello to Dr. Walker. We see possibly the last shot of um, Christmas light haloed uh, Virgin Mary, who's always fun to look at. And, um, yeah, and then the minute it ends, we see the outside shot of the house again. And then the, the, the strings start up, and we see a very long, almost comically long, but not terribly long, table. And they're all going to have dinner. Um, 
what else is not much in this one i mean obviously mentioned vietnam is a, this is kind of when that started to happen what was death dream 74 um because because vietnam uh yeah prior to you know uh you know in the late 60s early 70s vietnam was um film wise was um kind of either ignored or or treated somewhat heroically time to time um but th this was the point of view especially in sort of exploitation films black exploitation films like this um where uh, Vietnam was not a good thing and this is a young man bright hope at him you don't learn what it is he did um I mean if she's oh I got my PhD in, in physics so I, I I'm imagining she has more than one PhD if she if she's saying it like like that um but so she's she's got several PhDs and she's marrying this guy he's probably a pretty smart guy or maybe he's a big doofus I don't know we'll find out shortly and yeah, but this is where Vietnam was starting to become something that was not a good thing, something that was killing the young men of America, and not a pleasant thing. And I mean, this is '73, so we're we'll be all we'll be losing that soon, and uh, it's too bad. But um, yeah, there's not really much to talk about this. I did see it was funny. I saw on Amazon, someone reviewed this movie, and they gave it one star, and they said, "Why is this called black exploitation?" Um, human flesh is exploitation. And I only got about halfway through the review because um, they were talking about how basically, basically the headline is what they were writing about. And I got halfway through it and I thought, this person is trying to prove a point. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting the point they're trying to prove, but I don't understand what it has to do with Black's, Blackenstein. I don't mean to be rude to anyone who might be a little confused, but we had Blackula which was the black Dracula, Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. You know, the black Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And here we have Blackenstein, the black Frankenstein. It says it in the friggin' title. How is this black exploitation? Blackenstein, the black Frankenstein. The title says it's black exploitation. And of course, also it's exploitation, with black exploitation being an offshoot of that. Um, whether you think it's a, you know, a, a real offshoot or not uh, that's that's another thing but um it's certainly you know a spot to to place the film where you can where you can discuss it it's funny i just happened to see that review and thought that's kind of um it felt like someone who had their own agenda and found what they needed for their agenda when they watched the movie but didn't pay attention to other portions of the movie you, you see that a lot people who are like they go into a movie and when they're going to review it they're like okay i'm going into you know like it's, it's in the old days with like slashers they're all misogynistic they're all about killing women and these horrible things and so if that's what you're looking for you'll find it in every in every film and every slasher but if you keep an open mind you'll see things are generally a bit different uh but um i only bring that review up because i thought it was kind of doof doofy and i don't have much more to say about this minute we, we've kind of got the basics that um you know i think we're going to be mentioning the fiance again and dr stein and, and maybe helping uh winifred um help her uh her man um and malcolm is as his voice like this and he's great and um we'll see what he is up to soon too but the minute ends with the yeah the the meal about to begin with the the strange um yeah the string music starting up and everything you, you almost expect to see a string quartet off to one side or maybe like hide behind closet doors but i'll leave it at that and that's so this is um a shorter episode this is uh, episode eight of 70s Friends of Frankenstein. And next time, Frankenstein 80, we will, I guess, proceed on to the operation with the sister. And in Blackenstein, we will all have dinner. <laughs>